Episode 128, Nine Vital Lessons from Jeff Bezos and Amazon. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I am your host, Dale Dixon. Jason Jennings, great to be with you today. Uh, It's great to be back with you uh, again, Dale. This is the uh, second podcast that we're doing on video as well as audio, so uh, let's see how it goes. But I must say, you're you're looking very good. Your hair is growing back. I know. It's it's taken a while, a little longer than I would have hoped, but it is happening. So I've got to tell listeners, you know, Jason Jennings, the game changers, this podcast, Jason is a New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today bestselling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, reinvention, you... Listeners, viewers are in the right place at the right time because today we're talking about these vital lessons from Jeff Bezos and Amazon. And I know we're all watching Amazon just thinking, okay, what is Amazon going to do next? And uh, Jason, you've got some great insight for us today. Uh, I do. But before we get into Jeff Bezos and Amazon, we have to do an update uh, to the last podcast we did. Uh, We did about United Airlines Mm -hmm. and how they have a culture of rules instead of a culture of honor. And uh, so most of the viewers and listeners probably saw the huge full-page ads that were running uh, all the newspapers across the United States, and I'm guessing some of the important uh, international markets uh, from Oscar Munoz saying, uh, here's what we're going to do in response to that tragic accident that happened. And he stepped to the pump. They're going to offer up to $10,000. I mean, to bumped people. I don't think you're going to see that often, but they're going to do it. They're going to make, I mean, can you believe this? Uh, they're going to stop hassling you when they lose your bag and can't find it. And they're going to give you up to $1,500 instead of making you wait six weeks and coming up with receipts for clothing that you bought five years ago. But as I, but as I looked at these full page ads, I, I, I went to myself, sorry, not enough. Because what you've now come up with are more rules. And you just come up with more rules. And it's not going to solve the problem. It is a, they have a toxic culture, and more rules are not going to solve the toxicity of the culture. So I, uh, I, I just felt that I needed to mention that. So now let me tell you about this week. Uh, earlier this week, uh, I have a close friend, Vince Thompson, in Los Angeles. Uh, he knows more about making things happen uh, on the Internet and digital marketing than in one little finger than anybody else knows in their whole being. Extraordinarily successful. And uh, he and I go back, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 years, I guess. And he sent me something. He said, I think you'll be very interested in this. And uh, it was uh, a letter that Jeff Bezos wrote in 1997, the year that Amazon went public. They were founded in 1994. They went public in 1997. So it was his first letter to shareholders. And then it was also a brand new letter from this year written to shareholders. And it was fun to see the things that Bezos believed in 1997 that he set out as the guiding principles of of the company and the things he's saying now, it is absolutely fascinating. So I'm not going to read the letters. Uh, there is a, we'll provide everybody a link where they can uh, access uh, both the letters. They'd be too long to read. But I will tell you this. I think they're two of the most fascinating business documents I've ever come across. So uh, do you want to go back? You want to take a walk back to uh, 1997 with me? Absolutely. A little bit of memory lane. All right. So in 1997, in his first letter to shareholders, here are the things that Jeff Bezos wrote about. He said, number one, 
Most importantly, we will focus relentlessly on the customer. In fact, we are going to obsess about the customer, obsess about the customer back in 1997. He said, every decision we're going to make, we are going to make for the long term. We are not going to make short-term decisions. We're going to let go of those things. I think there's a whole podcast about this. We're going to let go of those things that don't work out. We're going to try things. If they work, we'll scale. If they don't, we'll ask ourselves what we learned, and we'll move on to something else. He said, we are going to make bold decisions. Bold decisions. Number five, he said, we'll take cash flow over a manipulated profit on a balance sheet anytime. And, you know, Amazon has never been out to please the Wall Street analysts. I mean, the analysts on Wall Street have just wanted them to cut this, cut that, improve their short-term profitability. And Beza was consistently going, isn't going to happen. We are in this for the long term, and we're not going to let a bunch of snot-nosed stock market analysts run our business. We will maintain a very lean culture. I think we did a podcast about uh, uh, Jugad and maintaining a, 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 a culture, a, a lean, lean culture. We will share our decisions with everyone that works here. I think we've actually talked about that, if I'm not mistaken. We will focus on growth. We must have growth. And then I love this last one, number nine. We will hire and retain the best people, and we're not going to pay them with cash because we need the cash. I mean, to grow the business, we're going to pay them with stock. So if they want to be long-term investors with us, and they want to invest for the long-term and work for the long-term, they are going to be handsomely rewarded. And that's exactly what they've done. Nobody gets a big paycheck at Amazon. $100,000 a year, $125,000 a year. I think there might be a couple making $190,000 a year. But you don't go to Amazon, I mean, to get a one, two, or three, or four, or five million dollar a year compensation package in cash. I mean, you join them and you invest in yourself, you invest in the company by being paid primarily in stock. And so when I looked at those things, I, I, I couldn't help but be overjoyed because they're really, uh, I think, reflective of, of, of my entire life's work and our research into more than 220,000 companies uh, for the eight books that I've written. Because I believe, and I don't mean this from an ego perspective and not even I told you so perspective, uh, because everything I've learned, I didn't come up with myself. I learned from other great CEOs and studying other great companies. But every one of these nine things, every one of these nine things uh, I have written about uh, in my books, every single one of them. And so what does this mean to somebody watching? What does this mean to somebody listening? Well, what it means is, are you doing these things? I mean, would you like to be like Amazon? Remember, they started with practically nothing, an idea he conceived while driving cross-country with his wife. He sat in the passenger seat and came up with this idea. Within a year or two, they had those first radio commercials on about they're looking for a place to build a bookstore. No, no, it's got to be bigger than a stadium because we've got so many books. I'm not sure if you remember those, Dale. Absolutely. And take a look. They are now one of the five highest-valued companies in the United States. One of the five highest capitalized uh, or market capitalization values in America. And they've done it in a relatively short period of time. And so now what I found interesting then is for the 2017 uh, annual letter to shareholders, he began by, uh, uh, by writing. He said, recently I was asked what day two 
at Amazon is going to look like, seeing as how we have been living in day one for the past 20 years. And a lot of people ask me, how are we going to change? Uh, What are we going to do differently as we enter day two? And he basically answered by saying, the most dangerous thing we could ever do would be to move to day two. We need to remain in day one. And he presents a compelling case. And so what I've done, again, I'm not going to read it. I just want to share with you a few of the quotes from uh, his letter to shareholders for 2017. And then we can talk about uh, uh, the fascinating juxtaposition of that 1997 letter and the 2017 letter and, and what it all means. So when asked what day two will look like, at Amazon, uh, and how it will differ than the day one model, uh, he said, well, first of all, the one thing that will never change is our obsession with customers. He said there are many ways to center a business. You can be competitor-focused, you can be product-focused, you can be technology-focused, you can be a business model-focused, and there are more, he said. But in my view, obsessive customer focus is by far the most protective and productive, protective and productive kind of business you can be. He said, uh, and just a couple more sentences in this one, there are many advantages to a customer-centric approach, he says, but here's the big one. Cust- listen, listen how beautiful this is. Customers are always beautifully wonderfully dissatisfied, even when they report being happy and business is great. Even when they don't yet know it, customers want something better. And your desire to delight customers will drive you to invent on their behalf. No customer ever asked Amazon to create the Prime Membership Program, but it sure turns out to be what they wanted. And I can give you many more examples. So that's one comment. Then listen to this one, another one. Staying in day one, remaining in day one, requires us to experiment patiently, accept failure, plant seeds, protect saplings. I love that one. Protect saplings. And double down any place you see customer delight. A customer-obsessed culture best creates the conditions where all of that can happen. And then, listen to this one. And there's a couple more. Good good inventors and designers, he wrote, deeply understand their customers. They spend tremendous energy developing that intuition. They study and understand many anecdotes rather than only the averages you'll find on surveys. They live with the design, not with the surveys. He said, I'm not against surveys, but you, The product or service owner must understand the customer, have a vision, and love the offering. Then, beta testing and research can help you find your blind spots. A remarkable customer experience starts with heart, intuition, curiosity, play, guts, and taste. And he concludes, you won't find any of that in a survey. And then, here is the biggest one. And if people can take this away as a takeaway today, there's been a lot of value in their time invested in viewing and listening to this podcast. Third, Jeff Bezos says, use the phrase, disagree and commit. This phrase, he says, will save a lot of time. If you have conviction on a particular direction, even though there's no consensus, it's helpful to say, look, I know we disagree on this, but will you gamble with me on it? disagree, and commit. By the time you're at this point, no one can know the answer for sure, and you'll probably get a quick yes. So will you disagree and commit? Will you be all in? He said, I disagree and commit all the time. We greenlit, he said, a particular Amazon Studios original. I told the team, my view, debatable, whether it would be interesting enough, complicated to produce, the business terms weren't that good, and we have a lot of other opportunities. They had a completely different opinion and wanted to go ahead. I wrote back right away with, I disagree, 
And I commit, and I hope it becomes the most watched thing we've ever done. Consider, he says, how much slower this decision cycle would have been if the team had to actually convince me rather than simply get my commitment. It's a genuine disagreement of opinion, a candid expression of a view, a chance for the team to weigh my view, and a quick, sincere commitment to go their way. And he said, and given that this team has already brought home 11 Emmys, six Golden Globes, and three Oscars, I'm just glad they let me in the room at all. (laughs) I mean, now, is this, are, are these words written by Bezos some of the most incredible and, and, and insightful and intuitive words you've ever heard, Dale? It is a great leadership lesson. And what I love about it is that you've connected the dots for us, and the term discipline brings freedom. So yeah. I see great discipline in those nine points you started out with back in the late 1990s. Yes. And if there is a more innovative company than Amazon, please point it out. I mean, it doesn't exist. They are off the charts in the way they're able to innovate and grow and be nimble and fast and react and customer focused, but they're so solidly disciplined in those those nine areas that you you started off with. And so it's truly possible. You know, Bezos said something else. I, I didn't read it, but if people click the link, uh, they'll they'll be able uh, to read it. He said, you know, you really only need about 70% of the information to make a decision. He said, if you wait until you have 100% of the information, he said, you're going to be slow. You're going to agonize. And by the time you make the decision, somebody will have already beaten you to the punch. He said, you really only need about 70% of the information to make a decision. And he said, decisions can always be undone. He said, so let's make decisions. Let's Move forward. Uh, just a, a brilliant guy. Do you want to review those nine points for people watching or listening, or do you want me to do it? Are they? I, I'd love to do it because if all right, you know, the it. best way to learn is to teach. So if I get a chance to to pass this information on, this is a this is huge. So okay, let's uh, let's go through those nine really quick for folks at home. Number one, we're going to focus relentlessly on the customer. We will obsess. We're going to make decisions for the long term. We're going to go. Um, we're going to let go of those things that don't work. We're going to make bold decisions. I love that one. We're going to take cash flow over profit. We're going to share our decisions with you. So transparency, always a winner. We're going to maintain a lean culture. We're going to focus on growth. We're going to hire and retain the best people and pay them with stock, not bloated paychecks. And everybody watching or listening needs to do an audit of their enterprise of their business unit. I mean, are these your guiding values? Are these your guiding principles? Can you, will you make these your own? Because if you do, you're going to enjoy the same kind of unparalleled success that Amazon. I mean, it's all there. It's it's all there for you to take, use, emulate, and practice uh, in your enterprise. Can I tell you a little bit about the next podcast we're going to do? Please. I'm looking forward to it already. I'm so excited about this one. So, uh, starting out in school, uh, I attended uh, a school with about 10,000 students uh, in northern Michigan, Marquette, Michigan, Northern Michigan University. And uh, a number of months ago, I received an invitation to deliver the commencement address. And I got to tell you, I can't tell you what a profound impact uh, this has had on me. Um, I do 60 or 80 speeches a year. I guess I've done 1,200 speeches around the world. But this one has a certain 
importance. Uh, to me, it's extraordinarily humbling to be put in front of these 1,000 or 1,200 students and, and a big, big audience. And uh, so I've been, and I had a sudden realization. I, I, I figured out that I spend about 25 to uh, 30 hours customizing and researching and preparing for every speech. But the other day, I, the realization was I spent 40 years getting ready for this speech. And I wasn't prepared to do this speech five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago. You need to have some successes. You need to have some kicks in the bum. And then I've been able to look at more than 220,000 companies through that lens. So I think I'm ready. So what I'm going to do is uh, I am going to share three secrets that, if they embrace, will lead them on a most fulfilling and uh, wonderful Life and so what we're going to do, uh, that'll be the uh, that'll be the content of our of our next podcast, and people will actually be able to hear it or premiere it uh, the same weekend that I'm delivering the speech in Marquette, Michigan. So, uh, what a humbling honor! I am looking forward to that. That's going to be a uh, fun conversation to to sit in on. So. We're going to let you get back to the preparation for that because I know you're working on it relentlessly, and it's going to be it's going to be a game changer for those students and memorable as well. So that's awesome, Jason Jennings. Thank you so much. I'm going to let folks know that you are the author. USA Today calls one of the top most in demand business speakers in the world. You can find out how to arrange to have Jason keynote your next event or leadership conference. Learn about his fees and availability. All right there on the website, Jason-Jennings.com. Click the contact button, follow those instructions, and we would love to hear from you. This is The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Make it a great week. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.